The guy who beat Max Drew at the endurance competition from Beast of the Bars at Beast Wars two weeks ago, Bruno, is now in the interview. He shares a lot about his endurance workouts, about his nutrition. You see all the topics of the interview in the timestamps here, so you can jump to the topic that is most interesting for you. In the name of Team Gornation, I wanted to say thank you for an amazing 2023. Let's rock 2024 together. Thanks for your support and let's jump into the interview. So Bruno, th welcome to the podcast. I'm super happy to have you here. We met the first time. I think two weeks ago, uh, roundabout, and uh, in, in Sweden, Stockholm, where you've stunned everyone with your extreme power and endurance during the, the uh, Beast Wars endurance competition. And you've won there. So congratulations again. Um, and yeah, super nice to have you here. Thank you so much, man. Uh, first of all, uh, hi to everyone who is watching this. Um, yeah, it was a it was a, a blast, you know, the whole competition. Uh, crazy story, I almost didn't come, um, which was because, like, the qualification round that we needed to send online was just after the like uh, World Cup that was uh, held down in uh, Latvia. So I was fully injured, and I was like, I should probably skip this one, you know. But something in my head tell me, no, no, you need to come, you need to come, and I was like, okay. I'll do it injured, disqualifications. So if it passes, it passes. If it don't, it don't. And it passed. So yeah, um, this was definitely a life changing moment this year. A highlight, definitely. Nice. That's super cool. What kind of injury was it uh, from Latvia? It's not actually from Latvia. I was also going in the World Cup injured. Uh, there, it's a uh, tendinitis, you know. I have uh, overuse injuries from high volume trainings and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's pretty hard to get rid of. <clears throat> That's true. Nice. So yeah, uh, it was super nice to get you get to know you there. I'm super looking forward to this interview and to get to know you even better. Uh, can you tell us more about yourself? Who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? Yeah, of course. Uh, so everybody know that my name is Bruno. <laughs> I come from Croatia. Uh, I live next to the capital city of Zagreb. So um i right now i'm working at the television house it's like i'm actually proud of it it's number one television house in croatia <laughs> uh i really love my job so uh i currently do a street workout as like a hobby something that uh will eventually maybe uh i'll be able to you know uh, make a full time job out of it uh outside of that uh, like my other hobbies, I really love shooting videos. I love editing videos. I'm a pretty cre creative person, so I kind of like to connect, you know, street workout with uh, shooting videos. So I uh, always try to make some dope edits and stuff like that. Nice. And in the television house, your uh, your job is a videographer or what are you doing? Uh, it's not uh, really videography. I don't shoot videos, but it's pretty similar. I kind of edit them. I work in the softwares that are made for like uh, graphic designs, something like After Effects, uh, Photoshop, um, stuff like Adobe Premiere and yeah, something like that. Interesting. And uh, about the hard facts, because I know people always ask about them. How old, how tall and how heavy are you? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's true. Uh, I'm 172 centimeters uh, tall, about 76 kgs. 
Um, and I'm natural, so we can cover that fact as well. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And how old are you right now? Oh, yeah, I'm uh, 25 years old. 25. Nice. Yeah. Um, maybe just tell us about how you got in touch with the sport. How did you start uh, doing crazy rep numbers like uh, today? You, you, you have to have started somewhere as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a... Uh, it's a, a story that's probably every 14 year old can uh, attach to because like, you know, when you hit puberty in your 13s, 14s, you always think about, man, I need to get shredded for the girls and, you know, stuff like that. I need to be uh, handsome for, for, for the girls. And uh, that was basically the same story with me. I kind of wanted to get buff because I thought that the girls are attracted by uh, a muscular guys and, uh, not much after I realized that's not the case because in all this 13 year old career, I kind of attracted more guys than girls. So guys, if, <laughs> if, if that's your main goal by starting it, don't even try it. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I started like that. Uh, I think it was like seventh or eighth grade, uh, of my elementary school. Um, I remember going out and there was like a empty space, um, outside my school backyard that uh guys that were like maybe one or two years older than me made a primitive street workout part there and they they were kind of having just uh, regular workouts and at the time i didn't know what street workout is and when i wanted to get buff i was always thinking about you know going to the gym but for that you needed the money and i didn't have the money at the time and also there were rumors that you shouldn't go to the gym lift weights if you're that kind of, that young so that sport kind of, uh, that's why I get interest, uh, interested in the sport. And there was that one guy, I think, yeah, he was probably one year older than me, but when I saw him, bro, you get, you had to see how shredded he was. I, I was like, do you really, can you really look that way by just, you know, doing basic, basic exercises like pull-ups, push-ups, dips. And he had, he had that, uh, max true, uh, apps, you know, so I really got attracted by that. So I was like, okay, that's the sport I'm going to try and work out, you know? And basically that's how I started. I was pretty uh, strong for a beginner. I would say I was already able to connect a couple of pull-ups, push-ups, um, dips. So I kind of started with circular routines, a couple of, you know, pull-ups, push-ups, dips, uh, separated by a minute, minute and a half rest and <laughs> everything else is history, I guess interesting so uh yeah because when you said uh, that you wanted to get uh, buff for the girls i think the the most common thing would be to go to the gym uh which uh, as a young guy with 13 14 is difficult uh, because i also had the the rumors or i don't know if it's true but uh, that young young guys shouldn't lift weights because uh it can stop their growth or like give, give problems later um but um yeah, yeah. So you started at a high, higher level um, in, in street workout, like higher level in terms of most people struggle with their first pull-up, pull-ups uh, in the beginning, but you had a really True. good foundation already. Did you do any other sports before? Yeah, yeah, that's what I just wanted to mention. Uh, because I have such a good foundation, I was actually uh, training wrestling, which is like a straight strength sport. You really have to have some power. And I remember 
after every training session, a trainer will told us, uh, before you go home, you need to do this, this, this exercise for this amount of reps. And that was kind of motivating because we couldn't get home before we finished all the, the reps. And that's kind of, actually, that was my first uh, touch with street workout. Just, I didn't realize it back then, but yeah, I was doing pull-ups even back then. And we were climbing ropes, doing push-ups and stuff like that. Interesting. <clears throat> Can you take us more on the, the way to uh, becoming the Bruno you are today? Uh, the guy beating Max True at the, the Beast Wars uh, competition. Um, can you take us more, what was your training system? Why did you progress so fast? Is it um, because you train uh, like really disciplined and uh, with a good system or do you think it's more, more your genetics? Can you take us more on your, on your way from the 13, 14 year old to now? Sure. <clears throat> so I think uh, all that you mentioned, I think it's a little, uh, little less everything in a certain amount. So I definitely think that I'm uh, gifted genetically. I'm, as you heard, I'm pretty short. I mean, 172, 76 kilograms. Uh, but of course, there is a lot of hard work behind it. Um, I think that I started with a pretty good um, foundation and uh, training style because I kind of, even today, I stick to the same kind of um, approach that I began with, which is crazy because uh, I was fortunate enough to even start uh, to train that way, which is kind of circular routines with short amount of rest. Uh, I didn't really know anything about the sport back then, but somehow, you know, I managed to get it right because many people start one way and then kind of uh, change it uh, on the way forward because they kind of look the other videos, uh, hear what other people are talking and they think, you know, that's the way to go with it and they kind of change it and their body just doesn't, you know, have to adapt on a uh, new training style. So yeah, I kind of started uh, correctly. I was, uh, I actually wanted to be a freestyler back then. Uh, I mean, that was pretty popular at the beginning of uh, Kelly's Tanks, you know, freestyle doing uh, planches, doing front levers, but I never, I uh, specifically trained for a freestyle. I was always uh, doing regular trainings with uh, pull-ups, push-ups, dips. And then when I felt like I have a strength, I would like just, you know, try to do a straddle planche or a back lever. And that's how I climbed up. That's how I, you know, realized, okay, I'm pow powerful enough for this. Let's now go, I don't know, to a bigger element. But then I realized, even though I'm good in statics, uh, acrobatics was never my strong suit, uh, which is uh, very important for the competitions you want to have, like static dynamic, dynamic and acrobatic, if you want to win, you know. Uh, so that's when I realized, okay, maybe maybe this freestyle wasn't for me. But I still realized that um, every night I'm doing sets and reps, so I kind of sets and sets and reps wasn't popular back then. Uh, it was getting popular maybe four years after I started uh, to train calisthenics, but I always kind of stick to it. And when it got popular, I remember that I signed up for uh, a first competition. I was already going to college back then. And I realized I have potential, you know, to, to be good in that. So I kind of stick to it. I realized uh, I were, there were a crew back then that I trained with uh, and 
we were basically on the same level on everything. But I always realize a dips for some reason, I'm especially good, you know, better than anybody in dips. I was doing the same amount of pull-ups as everybody, same amount of push-ups of dips. For some reason, you know, I'm, I'm just good at it. I guess uh, genetics plays a big role in it. So that's why you can see me doing crazy sets like uh, with the dips today. But everything else is just purely hard work, I guess. But interesting that you say that you didn't change your training style too much because uh, I remember when I started with uh, strength sport in general, uh, it was always said that uh, you need to change, uh, like you need to shock your muscles, you need to give new stimuli to your muscle um, to ch and change uh, training styles like from uh, many reps to slower less reps and stuff like that to always have like new um yeah new stimuli for for the muscle what do you think about that um i definitely think that's true uh but if you compare i don't know smart approach with just a stubborn approach i think you end up you know on the same level at the end of the day because i think uh on the number one number one uh how would I say that on the pyramid scale was the most important thing. Uh, it's being, uh, how do you say it? Um, how do you say it in English? Consistent. Um, Cons actually, uh, yeah, ex yeah, exactly. Consistency is the number one key. So even with maybe a little worse approach, I ended up doing uh, good because I was consistent enough. I've done this for 13 years, you know. So actually, it's a really, really long time when I started and where I am today. There was a really, really uh, big path in between. And that's super interesting because uh, we just had a, a live Q&A with, uh, with Max True two days ago. And he was saying basically the same thing, that there might be smarter ways. There might be more scientific um better ways than his training style but he's just um yeah he's just doing it and being disciplined and uh, like uh he's having a lot of volume and a lot of uh, reps in in it and this is why in the end he's uh yeah he's he's making more progress because he's just sticking with this thing and that's super interesting that you say the same thing uh, that's uh, yeah, yeah. might not be the smartest but if you stick with it if you're disciplined if you do it consistently you're you're winning Exactly. At the end of the day, doing what you love is the key, you know? Yeah. Wow. Cool. Um, so can you take us into a typical workout week, uh, into your split for the week uh, right now? Of course. Um, right now I'm actually deloading for the obvious reasons. <laughs> I'm injured as hell, <clears throat> but let's say I'm not. So my casual training week is like um, one day is like a circular training where I'm doing 70% um, pull exercises and then active rest uh, that are 30% uh, are push exercises. So I use them for active rest, actually. They're not hard. They're just there, you know, to keep my uh, metabolism going. Um, and then the second day, it's uh, push-focused training. It's like a push endurance uh 90% of the time, that's like some kind of a pyramid where I'm, you know, doing uh, dips on time or push-ups on time. Let's say 130-31 pyramid with um, 45 seconds interval rest. Can um, you explain that to, 
the 131 okay. uh, what do you oh mean yeah sorry uh, it's like a pyramid style so let's say you have an mm but in mm you do the same amount of reps on the minute but i do like pyramid style mm so every 45 seconds i do one rep more i go from 1 to 30 and then i lower it down from 30 reps to 29 28 27 and back all the back to one you know so that's kind of the the principle and on the third day uh it's it's kind of mixed it's between push and pull 50 50 or i do legs the third day i often uh listen to my body you know if i if i'm sore from uh, the day before i do legs if i'm not i'm doing the push and pull uh, kind of uh training routine uh the fourth day Oh, wait, let me think. <laughs> What's the fourth day? Uh, I didn't, I haven't done this in a long time because I'm so injured. I forgot my training routine. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I good. think it's, uh, I think, yeah, I think it's uh, a push routine, another push routine similar to uh, the one before. Uh, fifth day is another pull routine and the sixth day is leg day. So pull, push legs or pull and push and then again pull push and legs i think it goes like that and then the rest day of course okay <clears throat> okay nice so uh, you're quite balanced between pull and push even though you're like uh, that's at least like what i see is uh, like your your strength is uh, mostly in, in push um, but uh, you put the same effort in pull and push uh, throughout the week right Exactly. I like to, you know, keep it balanced because even though I'm good in dips, that's like the only push exercise that I'm good at. I'm in push-ups. I would say I'm equally as good as in pull-ups. So I can do thousands and thousands of dips, but push-ups are for some reason, you know, much harder for me to do. So I like to keep it balanced for, you know, each case. Okay. Yeah. But push-ups at least at the competition was, uh, the, the exercise where uh, you had a lot of time won uh, in comparison to Max, who is like not not the strongest in push. Like it's exactly. a, it's a, both on extremely high levels. So it's, uh, but he himself says uh, like push-ups um, was was the weak uh, exercise in this uh, routine where he lost a lot of time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That kind of saved me. <laughs> yeah. But how did you prepare for uh, Sweden? Uh, so you had your um, uh, your rehabilitation after Latvia, um, and how did you prepare then for Sweden? Uh, actually, all this time I was having rehabilitation. I was doing deloads for the whole time when I was uh, because I felt like is if I am about to uh, turn up the volume, I'm something's gonna snap. You know, I'm gonna get injured, so I didn't wanna risk it. I actually. To be honest with you, I really didn't plan to win uh, because I knew that I'm not on my 100%. So winning was just a cr even crazy for me. When I realized that I, in finals with Max True, I was like, you know, you can actually see it on camera. I was in disbelief. I was, you know, shaking my hand, like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> so, yeah, I really didn't plan to win. I'm glad it happened uh, because I, I already told you it's like a highlight of my, uh, of this year. You know, a great experience. But yeah, I, I did like basically everything I just said I did, but maybe 60 to 70% less uh, of what I usually do. Sorry, 30 to 35%.
of what I usually do. So I was like on 65% of my true potential on my trainings. When was the, uh, your strongest point that you've been at your strongest? Um, I think it was last year. That's when everything started to go downhill because, uh, I felt, you know, it's because of kind of, I would like to say I was getting cocky with it because, uh, I've really felt strong. I, so I wanted to push uh, my Instagram to grow, you know, and what I realized is when I do like crazy sets, like, I don't know, uh, breaking records or anything like that, it goes kind of viral, you know? So I wanted to do that. You know, I was like, okay, so all I have to do, all I have to do is break a record every week. You know, uh, at that point it looks, it looked possible, but then injuries started to come. Uh, and I realized it's not, it's, it's not like that. So because of my cockiness, I'm today, I'm uh, going through what I'm going. <clears throat> well, that's a super interesting learning. And I think a lot of athletes have, have to do this learning, uh, because you can't, post a PR every week, you know, you can't no. uh, post uh, only the, like, uh, as you said, a record every week. Um, it's the body is not not made like this. It's uh, exactly. I think, do you have an endurance? Do you also have like peak phases and uh, phases where you're just uh, like, maintain uh, because in, in street lifting, you have like these, um, yeah, these different phases you go through in your workout to finally peak after a few months uh, and uh, do a one rep max lift. Um, how does it work in endurance? Time is a big factor in my training. So, uh, I mean, weather and everything. So when I train in summer, it's hot. So I'm not physically able to do my max. So that was kind of my deloading phase, summer and winter. Winter, it was too cold to give my max, you know. So more naturally, I was the strongest in spring and autumn. That's when I did, that's when my picking phase like uh, came in. So I wouldn't say I was really uh, thinking about it. it. Everything was happening so naturally, you know, and it worked. So I learned that if something, something worked, you don't change it, you know. Okay. So if we would um, have someone, because we, in the in the questions on Instagram, we received a lot of general questions, you know, how to get at, uh, to this level of endurance and explosiveness and uh, your favorite uh, way to progress fast. I think it's really general questions. But what I felt and what I saw also with uh, with Max is that a lot of things that are normal for you are not normal for for other people. So um, maybe let's let's try to find some principles that you have about training that brought you to the level that you are here. Um, do you have mm -hmm. any like principles, any rules for yourself um, that you think, um, yeah, made the Bruno who is who's sitting here today? Uh, well, I think I have a good one, uh, still, maybe a lot of people, uh, wouldn't find themselves, uh, in that principle. But when I do my trainings, I'm more considered about, uh, the rest time to shorten it than the, to put volume up. So in that way, I kind of adapting my body, you know, to rest quicker and not to do, uh, more reps. So my trainings are always like, do this amount of, uh, reps in this amount of time. And what's, uh, what matters to me is amount of the time. So, uh, in which I done the reps. 
So when I feel satisfied with the time, let's say, I don't know, I'm doing a thousand pushups. Uh, I want to do them in less than 25 minutes. You know, if I don't do it in less than 25 minutes, I'm doing a uh, hundred pushups again, the next time I'm not changing anything. Forms can be perfect, but if I, you know, satisfy my rest periods, my time, I don't, uh, change anything about my routine. So many people are, uh, considering changing the volume, you know, across the time. But what I'm looking is uh, like that rest in between, you know, to rest as, sh as short as possible between the sets. So you set yourself a routine, your training, you do it, and then you feel, oh, I could have done this uh, much quicker. And then exactly. like when you're just not maxing out, uh, you try to put the, um, the rest shorter uh, and repeat the same thing just quicker. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, That's my when, approach. When do you go up in volume? <clears throat> when there is minimal rest, like, I don't know, 10 seconds or something? Or when do you go up in, in volume? That's a good question. Uh, I often like to go, I mean, it still depends of on the on the routines. But when I'm doing my basic circular routine, uh, that is mostly pull-ups, I lower my rest to 30 seconds. Uh, so when I'm able to do everything in 30 seconds, That's when I'm uh, with perfect form, of course, that's when I bring up the volume even more. Okay, so you bring down the um, rest to uh, 30 seconds and then uh, you like keeping the good form, etc. Um, exactly. And then you go up in the volume and maybe you have to go up in the rest again then to 45 seconds or something. And then you try to have the new volume, uh, push it down to 30 seconds and then again you go up in, in, in volume. Exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Because that's a different kind of progressive overload, um, but without having to add like 1.25 kg of weight or like uh, without um, adding the weight incrementally, but with shortening the rest time. Yeah, that's the thing. Because in body weight, I train, I train pure, uh, pure body weight. I don't have another uh, way to, you know, turn up the intensity, but this one that you just mentioned, yeah, I lower the rest. So that kind of compens compensates uh, with that intensity that I'm lacking. You know, if I turn down the rest, that means the intensity automatically goes up because I'm right now, uh, now I, I'm, I have much rest to work with. And that's why, you know, it's, it's more intensified. And I think this training style leads you to uh, regenerate quicker and at competitions to just be like more enduring. Because I think the, the term, uh, how do you bring up your endurance or how do you get to this uh, level of endurance is basically um, another question for how do you regenerate so quickly? How, how are you capable of uh, ref, ref, yeah, taking back power so quickly? Would you agree to that? Is, is endurance the capacity of uh, being able to regenerate quicker? Yeah, being able to do uh, the same intensity for a long amount of time. Yeah, it's like marathon. Yeah, you, you kind of find intensity that works for you, for your body to cope with for the rest, I don't know, 30 minutes, one hour. And the closest training that you can do for that is like MMs, you know. So you have a certain amount of time to rest, which is always the same. You try to keep the intensity same and then you go for it for like 
as I said, half an hour, an hour. So yeah, that's exactly this, uh, what gives you that uh, endurance during the competitions. Ex uh, even though, you know, competitions rounds are more like five to seven minutes, not more than that, but still it gives you a great starting point to, you know, increase your endurance. Yeah. Because what I see also uh, when in the first set, like um, I think someone like me, an, an average athlete, let's call it, is always like it's easy to have the first set quite close to, to someone like you, but then the performance drops so much. And uh, like uh, someone who isn't ha doesn't have a good endurance is like after the second, third set, he's like dropping a lot and he needs a lot more exactly. rest. Um, yeah, and that's... <clears throat> That's what I love about these competitions, uh, about this, especially this competition that happened in uh, in Sweden, because whoever uh, made the rounds did them perfectly, because I don't usually rush in my rounds, you know. I have my own pace, and I realize if round is good, if it really tests your um, endurance, your strength, you don't need to rush. Just keep the same pace. Uh, if you are truly more endurant, you came up first in the end, which which is what happened, you know, uh, because people are, were rushing it uh, for first couple of seconds and they fell down. And I was able, you know, to keep my um, intensity the same throughout the, the whole round. So that's why I didn't really rush to, you know, put up my weight, uh, weight waist, take down my weight waist on those little, you know, because uh, if I can mention uh, at the World Cup, Runs, uh, rounds were made a, a little less uh, perfect than, uh, than this because uh, they were more like a race, you know. Uh, rounds were like, um, I don't know, maybe three to four minutes and people who were really good in street workout, who were, which performance were, uh, was pretty high, um, those rounds meant nothing, you know. Uh, and uh, the considering factor, if you're going to win, or if you're going to lose, was uh, will you put down or up your rest quicker than the other person, you know? So that's why I really, really uh, love this uh, competition uh, in Sweden because of it. That's super interesting because, uh, yeah, uh, we had the same. I tried to also bring some of our athletes, uh, more athletes to, to Sweden, uh, to the competitions. A competition um but in the beginning um when i talked with uh with flayfield as as the organizer um the rounds uh, had like the uh, were planned as more short like the year before and um then a lot of the athletes said hey um the the high level athletes hey it's too short if it's like uh, only three four minutes it's more like a speed competition and less endurance competition because uh, the exactly. true endurance is shown at uh, yeah six, seven eight minutes something, um, and uh, like more simple routines like um, less switching between the exercises but uh, more reps uh, of the yeah. of the exercises. And um, yeah, it's interesting. I will, I'm writing it down because we're currently also planning the endurance competition for the FIBO, uh, which will take place in April uh, 2024. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's really good, uh, like conf confirmation for that to have longer rounds, um, and to more focus on this, um, because it's, it shows really more the difference between an average athlete and then a high level athlete uh, in endurance. If the round is longer, because I, I will admit 
when running, you see the people who are not experienced, they start like running quickly in the beginning, you know, and then they fall yeah. back. You see it everywhere. And I have to admit, yeah. when you said your 131 uh, pyramid routine, I also thought, oh, he only starts with one and uh, oh, 30 doesn't, doesn't uh, like seem that high as well. And I thought, oh, I think he, he, he can, can do better or I can do it. But I think in the beginning, yes, it's easy. But um, then in the, in the middle, <laughs> I think when you do the yeah. 26, 27, 28 and only 45 That's seconds. That's when it starts even. to burn. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I think like having a good knowledge of your body, uh, having the confidence to not rush in the beginning, but to uh, keep the heart rate or the, the intensity the same throughout the whole round and uh, not uh, rush on the unimportant things. I think that's um, yeah really good feedback and good uh, yeah, advice from you for, for competitions. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to mention one more thing, uh, especially those kinds of workouts help you when you are competing and when you got, you know, we got uh, our rounds on the paper for the first time, we saw them on the day of the competition. You can kind of mentally go through every exercise and kind of know when is, you know, going to get hard and how hard it's going to be because you're already, you know, training exactly like that. So you kind of know how much to push at the start how much, you know, uh, intensity you, you should, uh, have, how much rest you should take in between every, so, uh, it also gives you that kind of an experience, you know, having similar training routines, like the ones on competitions. That's true. Do you change your diet, uh, when preparing for a competition? Maybe you can, uh, share your general diet way of eating, uh, with us. Um, and uh, then if you change something when a competition approaches. And, uh, first of all, no, I, I, I don't change my diet. My diet is pretty fle flexible. Uh, I watch out what I eat, but not, uh, the, uh, in the way, like I count in my calories, uh, more like. I'm just not eating simple sugars or, you know, uh, how do you call it? Those fats that are not natural, but, you know, uh, mm -hmm. saturated refined, fats. refined, fat. uh, refined yeah. sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Trans fats and mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to keep my body healthy in that way. Uh, the only th uh, thing I keep in the track of is my protein intake, which is, uh, 2.2 to 2.5, uh, grams per my, uh, kilograms. Uh, of my body weight and that's really basically it i really don't uh watch out too much for you know what i eat okay cool yeah but it also reflects my my experience that the protein intake is the most important um how did you get to the 2.2 2.5 uh, grams um did you um yeah like just did you ever try more uh i I would like to, you know, do more, but, uh, it's hard to, uh, put so much, uh, food in my uh, stomach. Uh, 2.2 was like, uh, something that I'm, I was just, you know, eating and I was measuring, okay, if I just eat like I normally do, how much, uh, at the day can, uh, protein can I, you know, uh, intake. So the results were like, uh, 2.2 and I was, you know, doing so some reading and some research and for a bodybuilder, that's completely fine, fine, you know, two to 2.5 grams per kilogram. So I was like, okay, I just need to stick to my, you know, uh, 
automatic routine that I have and I don't really need to change much about it, which is great for me, you know? Yeah. Generally, how do you get to uh, like, what kind of protein do you eat? What, what do you eat in general? Mm -hmm. Uh, so right now for breakfast, uh, I had some eggs. I usually, you know, try to, uh, intake all my protein from the food, but I also am drinking away, uh, protein shake, protein powder. Um, so that like fulfills all the gaps, uh, during the day where I, where my protein intake is kind of low, you know, in between, in between eating, you know, uh, I kind of. Uh, do my protein shakes and of course after uh, the workout that's when I drink as well but multiple per day or uh, one per day or depending on how, how your meals were so I would say uh, I drink like probably one scoop to one and a half scoop a day of protein powder and everything else is you know from the food okay <clears throat> And so that's like 30 grams to 45 grams through the powder. Okay. And do you eat a lot of, uh, meat? Like you already said, eggs, um, what kind of protein sources do you prefer? Exactly. Uh, I eat a lot of meat. Most popular, uh, is the chicken, of course. Uh, so basically chicken and eggs, like 90% of the time what I eat. They are also the most cheap ones for, for, for what you get, you know, for the price. So it's pretty convenient when you yeah. try to train and eat healthy, I guess. That's true. And I think uh, it's super important to find a protein source that is, uh, that your body is, uh, is, is well, uh, well digesting and that you can work with. Um, because, uh, yeah. I'm uh, always seeing like people trying to go vegetarian or uh, even myself, I had the experience that uh, if you try to force yourself to eat protein sources that your body is not digesting well and using well, uh, it doesn't make sense. And then you can, uh, you have like big troubles bringing up the protein intake, but um, it's really something that I would recommend to everyone uh, checking uh, how much, like checking your protein intake as the most um, important metric and uh, yeah seeing seeing uh, Bruno's triceps and uh, shoulders uh, definitely is uh, is a good motivation for that to eat enough protein yeah start with chicken and eggs <laughs> <laughs> nice um, yes you you sent me some um, of your craziest perf like the of the, the performances that you're most proud of uh, before the the call and uh, for me it was super stunning. They were, you wrote 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups in five minutes. Yeah. That's absolutely crazy because it's like the, I think it's an OG routine from back, back in the days from uh, like to have 50 pull-ups and 100 push-ups in five minutes, which is already a, a crazy thing because it's an imam of 10 pull-ups uh, and um, 20 push-ups in, yeah, in, in five minutes. Um, exactly. And you just doubled that. Um, tell us how, how, how. Well, I actually saw that from another person. You probably know he was uh, at the competition in Sweden. Uh, his name was Ura Rashke. He was third in the competition. Bro, his performance is just crazy. He was like my uh, one of my uh, idols back then because when I started, he and Kines, they have back to the basic channel. They were already pretty high and I will always respect them because uh, 
when I was, you know, just beginning with the sport, they recognized my uh, performance, my talent, and they did a couple of videos when I was, I, as I told you, nobody know, know about me. So I always respect them for that. And yeah, I remember Ashke was uh, doing that set. He did like, uh, he did it in like, I don't know, four and four minutes and 45 seconds, something like that. And I was like, man, I have to try it. And I really didn't know the origin story of that set. I always, I always thought that that was the set and not, uh, you know, <laughs> the other one. So I was, I was kind of, it was uh, kind of easy, uh, you know, to mentally uh, go through it, I guess, because I thought that that's what has to be done. And I think I did it on my first try. It was, I mean, I were, I, were, uh, I was already, you know, uh, pretty high with my performance. That's, that was like, uh, on my very close to my peak performance. I think it was like maybe two or three years ago. I don't know when I recorded that set. Crazy. Yeah. It, it shows again that standards are super important. And, um, this is why we often see, um, like, uh, people training together who are all really strong, because if you surround yourself with uh, strong people, they become your standard, you know, in, in exactly. our gym, we always had, uh, Freddie as our, uh, like standard. He always did his 90, 95, 100 kg, uh, additional weight oh. pull-ups. And for, for us, it was like, um, the, it, it is possible, you know, we all look yeah. up to him and we had many uh, guys uh, like um, pulling 70 kg, 75, 80, because for us, the 100 was... You were the, mentally the... prepared. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like that. I like that. And even the girls that like, like my girlfriend who were only training with guys for them, for her, like 20 pull-ups is normal. You know, that, sh that she does 20 clean pull-ups is, is normal. But if you go, if she would only train with, uh, with, uh, um, let's say girls in uh, who's just started calisthenics, I think it, she would have different standards. And, um, this is why I'm super interested in how, do you have like a surrounding, do you train yourself alone and you get your standards through YouTube or do you have, uh, like friends who you train with and they are also advanced well, who is your training partner? Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> when I started with the sport, uh, I would like to say that I, that I was a standard to others because, uh, as I said, uh, we all started at the same time, but for some reason I would always, you know, learn stuff quicker because as I said, uh, at the start, uh, when we first started with street workout, we wanted to do freestyle net sets and reps. So, uh, I was always first to get, I don't know, uh, straight up planche, front lever, you know, and for some reason, those guys didn't take that as a motivation. They take that as a, oh, he's better. I'm not genetically built for this. And they kind of quick, uh, quit, uh, you know, training along the way. Uh, but if they, you know, take a different approach and, uh, told themselves, look, if he can do it, I can do it as well. Maybe I need uh, more time. I'm taller. I'm, uh, not genetically built. I'm, I just need to be more consistent. They will definitely do it. Yeah. So it's all about the mindset, uh, mindset, I guess. And when I was go growing through the sport, uh, I think having a standard standard that is better than you is, uh, the same as having no standard at all, because I was training completely alone. So I didn't know what's good, what's bad, but I was, you know, shooting for how you could say shooting for the stars, right? 
I always, because I didn't know what's average. I didn't know what's bad. I didn't know what's good. I was just aiming, you know, I need to be better. So that's probably the same as having someone who is uh, actually uh, better than you. Well, yeah, like, as you said, when, when you have someone who is a lot uh, stronger than you, you can either take it as a motivation or as a, as an excuse. Um, and this is where, where it's uh, like with everything in life, you can always, you, it always depends on your reaction to it. Uh, you know, you can injure yourself, um, but you can, can take something from it and more concentrate on, on learning the theoretical things about your sport or working on your weaknesses. If you injured your elbow, you can work on your legs or something. Um, but there are people who stop because of it and people who double down, you know, who say, oh, now, yeah. now I'm gonna going all in. Um, that's interesting yeah, that you also but, had this. Yeah, the, the best things that I learned, I learned from my mistakes, which is crazy, you know. So, yeah, I completely agree, agree with that. You talked about statics, about uh, straddle planche and front lever. Uh, how how do you? What is your level in statics right now? Uh, probably close to zero. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty good at it, you know. But uh, when I realized that I'm uh, having potential in sets and reps, I was you know going hundred percent at it because uh, if I would try to build myself in sets and reps and uh, do statics at the same time, uh, I'll probably be, be average in both of those, uh, you know. So, yeah, I kind of left statics behind. I think if I give myself one month, two to three months, maybe I'll be able to, you know, uh, bring back some of the best uh, elements that I could do, which is like a full planche, maybe for two to three seconds, but I'll definitely be able to bring it back. And Hefesto, I Hefesto was probably my the hardest element that I did. I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm bad in pulls. Some people I see pulling Hefesto like like it's nothing, but it was like much harder than full planche for me. So yeah, Hefesto, I'm the most proud of it. Do you think there is a direct benefit of training reps and like a tr transfer of strength when training reps that you automatically improve your statics or that you automatically learn the front lever by doing a lot of pull-ups and when you're uh, elite in pull-ups? Oh, yes, yes, of course. Uh, because that's how I basically learn my statics through the sets and reps. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's basically the same when you see, uh, when you co compare, I guess, street workouter with a uh, bodybuilder, because I saw many street workouters when they, you know, try to lift weights, they will do much better than any guy who lifts weights and try to do pull-ups, you know, they're just kind of because of that, maybe high volume training type of training. They just build themselves, you know, for uh, other things. Uh, they they basically have more power, I would say. So yeah, definitely sets and, sets and reps can build a good foundations for uh, statics. I think one reason is the high volume, as you said. Uh, maybe another reason is the full range of motion, because if you train in the full range of motion, you also have strength everywhere and not like a bodybuilder who has uh, problems uh, holding a straddle planche because he doesn't have that straight arm strength because he only And if trains. you compare compound exercises with the uh, ISO, ISO exercises as well. Yeah, exactly. In the beginning, you said uh, you're natural. Uh, and uh, why do you say that? Bro, 
I have like uh, uh, hundreds of questions from uh, other people, bro, are you natural? And it's always funny to me to ask that question because even if I'm not, do you really think that I'm going, you know, to, to tell you that I am? But I am. <laughs> uh, I'm natural. Um, yeah, I guess people, uh, we talked about standards and people today have a really long stand standards because there are not a lot, lot of people that are, that are truly putting in work and that are natural at the same time, I would like to say. And that's why, you know, when you see, and of course, uh, street workout uh, sets and reps, high volume trainings are pretty new to, you know, uh, human population, I would say, because uh, there are uh, many people are most familiar with bodybuilding and you already know what you're able to, you know, uh, achieve with bodybuilding natural, but no one knows what you're able to achieve with high volume bodyweight trainings uh, natural. So if you see a street workouter, you know, that is better built than uh, a bodybuilder, he's automatically, you know, on steroids or something like that, which is not the case. I truly think that uh, for a great body, street workout is probably much better options if you're starting with and you want to, you know, do it natural and not compete on the stage like other bodybuilders. Yeah, it's interesting because it's so much simpler. You know, you don't have to think about uh, a lot of things. As you said, maybe it's not the most effective way to get there, but uh, it's like really simple by just doing a lot of uh, volume uh, in pull-ups and dips and push-ups and muscle-ups. Um, and um, yeah, I think this way is also underrated to to build a physique uh, with, with calisthenics and street workout because there is still the rumor you can't build muscle with... Uh, with with street workout yeah of course and it's i guess it's pretty hard to follow through just because you know of such a high volume it's much easier you know to go to the gym and do i don't know four reps uh eight reps for you know four rounds of these exercises and just you know kind of switch from one uh weight to the other keep your trainings simple but it's really really hard you know you really have to love uh, street workout that way of training to you know so you're able to cope with that kind of uh, intensity that the training can give you do you love your trainings do you love every training that you do of course of course and that's the that's why you know uh, i'm still progressing because i love it so much i i think about training but i'm not training you know <laughs> so uh yeah I 100%, you know, I love it uh, the, the same that I loved it the first time that I started it. So, yeah. Because otherwise you wouldn't do it for 12, 13 years now. Um, it's, uh, you have to love it to, to be able to continue it for such a long time and to stick with it and uh, put in the discipline because discipline becomes easy when you love it, you know, when you just love it so much, then discipline is like really easy. And I think it's actually hard to call it discipline even, you know, when you really love it. So yeah, yeah. Like rest, rest days become the, the torture, like sitting, <laughs> sitting at home and that's not being so able. true. Yeah. That's the discipline. Yeah. Taking a rest day and yeah, that's true. That's true. 
And this is why it's so important. This is why I love calisthenics. It's like it has so much variety. You know, uh, I never judge someone because he wants to do freestyle or uh, one rep max or like uh, reps or only statics because I think the most important for everyone listening and for everyone in the calisthenics scene is that you find the workout style that you love, that you uh, that fits your personality or your passion. And then it becomes easy to uh, achieve something great and to uh, reach your goals because um, you will have it much easier, like uh, showing discipline and uh, you don't have to fight against um, not wanting to train every day. But if it's a passion, it's much easier. That's the best approach for me. <clears throat> and this is why people, for example, Stipke, he switched to more hybrid training. Uh, we saw Vadi Molenik uh, switching more to, to CrossFit, which is all okay, in my opinion, because I think the most important thing is that you don't get bored and that you, that you don't get sad through your workouts, but you really enjoy them. And this is what I feel when I see you, you know, you, you burn for it. You, you say, oh, yeah. you know, fucking tendonitis, go away. You know, I want to, <laughs> I want to, uh, yeah, continue working out uh, at full, full speed. But um, yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I can agree with that, hundred percent. Nice. Yeah. What are the next goals? What are the next steps? So for this year, uh, all that I have planned right now is the competitions you are um, uh, doing in fourth month. But uh, other than that, you know, I just want to give my body the rest that it needs right now because uh, this last year. I only had planned one, one competitions and I did three of them, you know, uh, in like four months, I think three competitions is four months. Uh, so yeah, for this year, I don't think I'll do anything, uh, until the fourth month, I'll just, uh, do some deal loads, go to some sport massages, you know, <laughs> and stuff like that, just to feel better. Yeah. And I guess we'll see about, uh, what's happening after that, you know, nice. So recovery advice uh, from your side, uh, you do deload, which means, uh, is it comparable to your 30% active rest uh, dip training that you talked about uh, on, on Monday or how does a deload look for you? Um, so deloads for me are, yeah, basically the same routines. I just did a less amount of reps or I kind of increased the rest periods uh, so I can focus on my range of motion you know and stuff like that so yeah because i heard that for the tendons uh the best way you can uh heal the tendon to make it uh, make it stronger is to focus on uh is it decentric right uh mm -hmm. type of moment so what i do right now is i tr just try to bring out of uh the explosiveness uh, explosiveness uh, in my workouts so i basically do everything slow uh so I still can feel the burn of the workout, even though it's not as, in as intense as it uh, usually is, you know, because of that uh, slow moments. So those are like my deloads. I also uh, have, I had one rest day a week. Now I have two rest days. I bring, uh, I had one leg day a week. Now I have two leg days a week. Uh, just, you know, to get my upper body a little more rest. And I think that's about it, really. Uh, yeah, I, I do some foam rolling as well, stretching as well. Uh, I 
I realize it helps really, really uh, a lot, you know, to recover. Um, and then the sport massages that uh, also help from time to time. Of course, I never been to one in my life. So oh, this year, okay. I'm definitely going. Yeah, I think it will change my life, man. <laughs> yeah, I think you deserve it now. Uh, your body sure. deserves it. Nice. So it was really, really interesting uh, to talk to you. Uh, I really enjoyed this uh, this talk, and I'm really looking forward to see you perform next year at full full power after these uh, days of rest and uh, deload. And um, yeah, thank you for sharing so much. Thank you, man. It was a pleasure for me as well. Thank you so much. And uh, Merry Christmas. Have a good start into 2024. And uh, yeah, we'll stay in touch, Bruno. Of course. Wish and Merry Christmas to you and your family as well. Thank you. Bye-bye. See you.